the funny part is, uh, with all that's been going on, it doesn't mean that he's necessarily done in Atlanta. He certainly has uh, disappointed a lot of people, but as far as his relationship with the team uh, and his his status contract-wise with the team, there is a possibility that he could come back to the Falcons when his suspension is over. Now, do they want him back? Do they want to have him play on one more uh, one more year of a deal? Uh, do they want to sign him long-term? Does he want to be back? He's never said either way uh, throughout this whole uh, situation that he wants to leave, he needs to leave, or he wants to stay. So it's just been a very odd situation for management and for followers of the Falcons who just want to know what's going on and want to know if he really wants to be in Atlanta. Home team, how how like I mean, obviously uh, Atlanta knew about it uh, in February. You know, reports came out; they knew about it in February, and obviously they were going to be real uh, like hush hush. But when it hit, and now as you mentioned, you said he might not be done in Atlanta. Will Atlanta kind of be like his saving grace? Kind of like I mean, even though it's a different situation, I'm, I hate to compare the two, but you know, Michael Vick had his situation in Atlanta. This is the same NFL that tore him down and built him back up when they welcomed him back. Do you think this will be a kind of like a? Uh, not a, a Michael Vick 2.0, but this time Calvin really gets to kind of uh, you know salvage his career with the same team that drafted him. Yeah, Ben, I think there's a possibility. Um, I think the one thing though is that he just has to show that he's just kind of sorry for being a distraction. I don't think he has to apologize for stepping outside for his mental health uh, well-being, which is the initial reason why he was away from the Falcons, but. You know, while he was away was when he was gambling on football. So you were supposed to be concentrating on, you know, working on your personal situation and try to get yourself better as an individual. And also try to get back to come back to the Falcons as best as you could be. And and the organization was very supportive. And now you've done something that has hurt the organization. Even if they wanted to trade you, your value is down now. But all that being said, yeah, he's still – could find a place of redemption, but I think anybody who gets redemption, the first thing they have to do is be sorry, and then what they're sorry for what they have done, I think everybody's entitled to, well, not entitled, but everybody could be afforded a second chance. Home team, Brandon Leak joining us here on 3 and Out, and home team, I've seen a lot of people make the uh, kind of parallels of well, you know, Calvin Ridley gets suspended for a whole year for, for gambling, 1500 bucks. Meanwhile, the league's, you know, got Ads running for for gambling and fantasy and all this kind of stuff, making you know millions and millions of dollars off of the uh, the gambling business. Is that a little bit hypocritical? But doesn't it kind of? I mean, it kind of is. But doesn't that run to the integrity of the game if you start allowing that kind of stuff? I disagree with that uh, line of thinking. I've been seeing and watching a lot of people on social media go that route. But there there are two layers of that one. Um, you know, there is a collective bargaining agreement. When somebody gets arrested for a DUI or somebody gets into a bar brawl or somebody has a domestic situation, the punishment handed down and how it's done with Roger Goodell and being able to add your, your time, your punishment, has been collectively bargained. So both the players and the owners have agreed on those punishments. The other thing is it's the rule. And whether you like it or not, I think it is kind of a hypocritical stance that you can uh, do something to yourself and get more time than when you do something to other people. There is a, a slippery slope of morality there. But the bottom line is it's the rule. And the one thing that's 
you know, all over NFL locker rooms and all over uh, the NFL rookie symposium is not uh, things other than what we see happen to Calvin Ridley. The first thing they tell you is do not gamble. And the fact that there have been tens of thousands of players who've played in the NFL and only five of them have been suspended for gambling tells you how poor of a decision it is, whether you think it's a silly rule or not. So uh, it's just too bad. I think the other thing is you can't overlook it. You know, Calvin Ridley, I think, came clean, and I think that's a great thing. But can you imagine, um, because he did bet on the Falcons and he bet on them to win, what if it were revealed that he bet on the Falcons to lose? Would you Would you trust every single game that he had played in? Would you uh, trust every single uh, wager that people have bet on Falcons games over the last ever? I mean, one person can do an incredibly big and devastating amount of damage to the credibility of the game if they're doing anything inside of the lines that messes with the character, the integrity, or wins and losses of the game. So that is something that the NFL has just taken seriously for more than 60 years now. And the sad part is, you know, the people who, who disagree with me is, you're right. You can do more egregious things and get lesser time, but you can't gamble. So guess what? Don't gamble. And Holmes, I mean, I, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more when you're talking about the fact that people are trying to compare one thing to another thing. But I think was I think a guy like Calvin really when he says things like, "Well, I don't have a gambling problem," we're like, "Well, dude, uh, fifteen hundred dollars that costs you your you know your 2022 season, I would beg to differ." And then when you think about the fact that too, think about how many players. Uh, participate in the collective bargaining agreement when you think about it. A lot of those guys didn't even vote on the last one. How many of those players, they know it's there, but they have no idea, no clue what's actually in it? Well, exactly. And I think, you know, the other thing is Calvin Ridley is not a rookie. Uh, this would be different, I think, if he were a rookie. He's a veteran NFL wide receiver who, you know, was going to make $11 million and supposed to be you know, the number one go-to wide receiver for, you know, a team that really needs him. So it's not like he's some spring chicken. He, he knows that he shouldn't do this. The other thing, Ben, is that it, he, he did use the words, I, you know, I made a mistake. But then he was, you know, talking about laughing out loud for being suspended for a year. And, you know, there's nothing funny. I mean, the Falcons have, have had losing records the last four years. If they lose this year – That'll be five straight years, half a decade of losing. And it's not funny. It's not funny that he's going to be away from the, the, the franchise for years. It's not funny that, you know, he is in a situation where um, he was supposed to be the number one guy. And you could argue that part of the problem last year was Matt Ryan had nobody to throw to. Um, and Calvin Ridley not being there for the majority of the season is part of the problem. Why? So um, just who he is supposed to be in his maturity in all of this, 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 this situation that's going on is really just as baffling as his decision to gamble. I, I just separated in three ways. You know, one, what he was supposed to be doing when he was away from the team. You know, two, what he did when he was away from the team. And then three, his response to it now. They all just make you just roll your eyes and try to figure out what is he doing right now when everybody was really rooting for him to come back. Home team Brandon Leak joining us here on three and out and home team. I know the Falcons don't have to pay his salary uh, this year, so they do get some relief on uh, on the cap, and I think come back on the right side of it. 
How has this changed things for the Falcons as far as what happens in the next month and a half leading up to the draft? Maybe they would have gone somewhere else. Do you think now at number eight they go and get yet another uh, pass catcher uh, there with their first-round pick? I don't think that's crazy. I think this has major impact. Um, there was somewhat of you know an unknown whether or not you were going to extend him for his fifth year of his contract and um, you know how long-term – you were going to have uh, Calvin Ridley, you know, with the organization. But now you can't make any assumptions. And the fact that the Falcons have one wide receiver under contract, Frank Darby, uh, when you already had a gaggle of wide receivers that weren't great last year, yeah, you, you, you may have to take a wide receiver, as crazy as it sounds, you could take a wide receiver in the first round and people couldn't be upset with you because at the end of the day, if you're starting over, Every franchise needs a number one wide receiver, and now the Falcons don't have one. And if they did have a wide receiver slotted in a, in a draft that is wide receiver heavy, maybe you, you can wait until the second round. But still, you have to figure that that position has certainly moved up on the board because Calvin Ridley uh, is not going to be here this year. And I think the interesting wording in what the NFL put out was he's at, he, he is suspended for at least – 2022, not just for 2022. Home team, when you think about the whole NFC South, you know, right now, no Tom Brady in Tampa, no Drew Brees, you know, uh, in New Orleans. I mean, the situation up there in Carolina is, 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 you know, dismal at this point with Cam Newton and Sam Darnold. I mean, you got you got a guy, you know, uh, I mean, and Matty Ice, who's not, I mean, far and away the best quarterback in the division, but like you mentioned, you got to get a receiver. If they can't or when they address the receiver situation in both free agency, hopefully, and in the draft, how quickly or hopefully uh, can this uh, can this Falcons team compete this year, which might be the last year uh, you have Matty Ice on the center? Then I think it's going to be really hard this year because, you know, think about it. You just lost your number one wide receiver and his $11 million come off the book, and that just puts you $3 million under the cap, um, which just went up yesterday. So they are still in a world of financial trouble. Um, I think the biggest thing is you don't need to hurry up and rush things. Terry Fontenot, the GM, and head coach Arthur Smith need to take their time and uh, navigate their way through a bad salary cap and, and a lack of talent right now. And I think that the goal should be, you know, you need to hurry up and try to catch with uh, the New Orleans Saints and what the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers have built defensively. Those are some grown men defenses, and they beat up Matt Ryan a lot. They beat them up a lot. And I just think the unfortunate part of having Matt Ryan uh, as quarterback and as professional as he's been and been an MVP and taking the team to the Super Bowl, I, I don't think he's going to be around by the time the Falcons clear up the financial mess and get a team that's decent enough to rise up, if you will, and be atop the NFC South again. Home team, Brandon Leak, our guest here on 3 and Out Home Team. Appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Anytime, fellas. And again, uh, you got Calvin really, as uh, we said yesterday, suspended for at least the 2022 uh, season, Ben, and could be longer uh, if the NFL deems it so. But uh, as you said, the Falcons now on the, the prowl for uh, wide receivers just went and got a tight end slash pass catcher uh, last year in their, their first pick. 
might be now in the market to do something similar here in 2022. Yeah, it's going to it's gonna force Terry Fondo's hand. I mean, I, I think they're still going to have to go back to these because you knew the Cavalry probably – well, they knew since February the Cavalry uh, wasn't going to be a part of the team, Kevin, but you, you didn't think it was going to be in this capacity. When you think about how he's going to be gone for the whole 2022 season, you go back last year while Kyle Pitts gave, uh, put together the best rookie tight end season uh, in NFL history, only one, t- only one touchdown. And that was in London. Never, ever scored a touchdown in the States, uh, you know, in his NFL career. You're going to have to get him some help. I mean, does that help speed along the process of bringing back a Cordero Patterson? Do you have to still have to go out there? Robbie Anderson of the Carolina Panthers, I think I saw some reports that he's going to be released. Is that somebody you can keep within the division? You're going to have to get creative because, Kevin, forget the fact that you need a receiver. You don't have any money. And I think that's the thing about the Falcons right now is you got to create some cap space to even bring somebody in because the only reason why you was able to sign your whole 2021 class is because you got rid of Julio Jones. Well, Julio's now in Tennessee. Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts and the entire rookie class is on the squad. You got a 2022 class you got to get, but you still want to try to get hopefully a free agent uh, receiver in this uh, in this year's, uh, you know, in, well, in free agency. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, Kevin, uh, Terry Fonda's going to earn every dollar because unless Terry Fonda's going to spend some of his money, I'll say I'll <laughs> That's off the blank. They're going to be a very, 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 very uh, tough, tough situation trying to sign somebody uh, in free agency. Yeah, I already said they're going to be out there looking for value uh, in the free agent market. Uh, who's not looking for value? Green Bay, goodness gracious, a huge contract there for Aaron Rodgers. Another quarterback on the move today in the National Football League. We'll hit to that next here on 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you here on this Tuesday. Kevin Thomas, Bid Troop. It is a good day. To play quarterback in the National Football League, Ben Troop. Aaron Rodgers reportedly four-year, $200 million, $153 million of it guaranteed uh, to Aaron Rodgers would make him the highest-paid quarterback, obviously, out there in the league. Now, Aaron Rodgers put out a tweet and said, oh, I'm coming back to Green Bay, but I haven't signed anything. Okay. Uh, but usually when people say that, that means what's been reported is relatively close. So, uh, <sighs> But four years, $200 million for Aaron Rodgers, that would obviously put him over 40, I believe, by the time that contract uh, runs out. Does he have another run in him? And is this also a case of paying your quarterback $50 million? How many weapons are you going to be able to get around Aaron Rodgers at the end of the day? And block for him and have a defense worthy of, of well, getting you to the Super Bowl? Listen, uh, Kai, uh, uh, Zaire Alexander um, out of Louisville, I think they're trying to redo his deal. I mean, I think he's uh, I think he's, he's coming up on his sixth year. They're trying to redo his deal. Devontae Adams, that's a cornerback, uh, by the way. Uh, Devontae Adams, uh, probably definitely going to be a franchise, uh, franchise tagged out, uh, Kevin, because you need more time to try to put his deal together. But this is the thing about Aaron Rodgers I don't get, right? Aaron Rodgers is a drama queen. You, you People don't got to <laughs> like it. Think about this. He did the whole R-E-L-A-X. Got it. Then he hurt his foot. He said he didn't hurt his foot. He said, well, dude, Aaron Rodgers like, has this thing. Dude, we're going to report things that happened with you. You said your foot wasn't hurt. It was hurt. You said you you said you was vaccinated, and then when it came out that you weren't vaccinated, I was immunized, immunized, whatever it was. You weren't vaccinated, right? You're getting, you're getting your tips from you know anybody but a doctor. Then they came out and said that you said you wanted to be the highest paid player in NFL history. You said that is false. Aaron, look. Stop, stop fibbing, okay? Stop acting as if we don't know what's going on with you. But, Kevin, when people ask, what position should you play in sports? Basketball, just play basketball long enough to get a new deal because you're going to get a lot of money if you if you can get a new deal. Baseball, listen, either be either be, either 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 be a power hitter that leaves the yard or a pitcher, you know? Or because, or, you know, because if you're in football, quarterback, 
quarterback, quarterback every time. Kyler Murray, acting all crazy this offseason. Why? He won a new deal. Why hasn't Lamar Jackson signed? Just wait it out, Lamar. What? Just, just wait it out. Because look, look at what – two years ago, who signed, who signed the big deals? Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes. Before that, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz. This last offseason, Dak Prescott, right? Who, who still, who's coming up for their deals? Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield. And for people saying, hey, man, I would give Kyler Murray more money than I give Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield has a, has a better winning percentage than Kyler Murray does. Lamar Jackson has a record season MVP. All I'm saying is they are, t- they are calling Aaron Rodgers right now saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, Aaron Rodgers. Because they're going to say, well, Aaron Rodgers got three uh, record season MVPs. So it doesn't matter. It's who's next up. But, yes, Kevin, $200 million. Because I, I I don't – I mean, we're not too many – and I'm not counting this money. We're not too many years removed from Aaron Rodgers signing the previous extension. Because he signed with like three years ago. Yeah. So it's not like these dudes are playing the contract out. Is he worth the money? Yes, because he got it. But I don't know why Aaron Rodgers – why does Aaron Rodgers report on Aaron Rodgers? I mean, Adam Shepard came out and said it. Ian Rapport came out and said it. Nope, 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 nope. I'm coming back. What you saw is – so what you're trying to say is more money than what it is, less money than what it is, You're $153 million guaranteed. I think that's the entirety of Dak Prescott's contract. He got $153 million guaranteed. It is good, ladies and gentlemen, to be Aaron Rodgers. I don't care what he do to get what he does. He gets it done. Is it, Listen, as long as your, as long as your talent is worth, is worth dealing with your nonsense, which it is, Matt LaFleur thinks he's a good coach. You're not a good coach. You got A-Rod. I'm, I'm sorry. You know. So all I'm saying is yes, four years, two hundred million, one hundred fifty-three million guaranteed. My goodness, and he's gonna be the host of Jeopardy when he gets done playing football anyway, because he so he gonna keep making cheese. But yeah, man, shout out to listen, great for um Green Bay and um Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love. You need to call Josh Rosen and ask him, hey man, what the hell is going on? Are they gonna let me play? No, Jordan, they're not gonna let you play because the only two quarterbacks that have played since Bart Starr. <laughs> I guess play for uh, Green Bay has been Brett Favre and won Aaron Rodgers. So, hey, man, shout out to the Green Bay Packers, man. They got they got back on the center for the next four years. Yeah, they are to quarterbacks what the Steelers are to head coaches. Yes. We just need one every so often, and, uh, and we'll be fine. But, no, I mean, Aaron Rodgers coming back, obviously that's been an ongoing, as you said, drama-filled story uh, from, uh, from the time uh, last season even started. Is he going to come back? Are they going to trade? And, again, breaking the bank to stay there with, uh, with Green Bay apparently, and, uh, and finish up with the Packers and uh, get a chance to be a, a lifer. We talked about this before the show when people say lifers. Like, how many lifers are there out there? Uh, when, when people say, because I know people, that's the big argument you make about, you know, Freddie Freeman, like in any sport. Yeah. Like, oh, you want to be a lifer. Like, how many lifers at quarterback are there I, it's, in the National it's, Football? It's, there it's, many. It's, it's, very, it's very, very rare. Steve McNair, may he rest in peace, went to the Ravens, right? Joe Montana went to the Chiefs. Uh, I mean, uh, Donovan McNabb went to the Washington, the Washington. Well, they were the Washington Redskins. There, they've been, they've been the, the no name team. I <laughs> the Commanders. I don't even know what to call them anymore. Tom Brady went to the Bucks. Now, Phillip Rivers, one team. Eli Manning, one team. So ben far, Rodgers, Matt Ryan, one team. Matt, Matt Ryan better be one team. We we put it out there. Matty Ooh. Ice, your last check better be with them. Them piece up a town down five. <laughs> but it's but it's but Kevin, as you mentioned, it's very rare. I mean, because and a lot of times is guys want to guys want to have longer careers. Because what we're looking at with Matty Ice and guys like Aaron Rodgers, these guys been in the league 14, 15, 16 years. Like we that does that's that's a rarity now. 
Quarterbacks are the dinosaurs of the National Football League because they seem to be the one trying to play for two decades. Most guys trying to get a decade in, let alone, you know, 15, 20 years. So, yes, I mean, for those people, these these people, I know we're going to get to it in a second, but people send a shockwave saying, oh, my God, my, my quarterback is leaving. No, your quarterback wanted to get the hell out. He's doing what's best for him. <laughs> and sometimes the glory is, hey, man, as hopefully the younger player is. Aaron Rodgers and freaking Tom Brady got everybody thinking that, Hey man, you can play well until you with Aaron Rodgers to be what thirty nine years old this year. Signing man, he's thirty eight years old about to sign for one hundred and fifty. I played the wrong position, <laughs> so I'm just saying I, I I do agree though, Kevin. Being a lifer on any team is very very rare. I mean, obviously you know so because because that's free agency. That's what that's what free agency has done to uh to uh NFL. You know, especially it's hard for one guy to stay on one squad. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you have a couple of guys that have, as you said, tricked everybody into thinking, oh, it's it's possible. I can go out there and get it, keep doing it until I'm 40 years old. It's not always the case, obviously. But hey, 153 million, I might stick around. <laughs> okay, and see I, I, yeah, I yeah, I'll, be, I'll be here at least three more years uh, after uh, after all that plays out as well. We got so much to get to here on the show. Speaking of quarterbacks, a big name is on the move and is sending shockwaves all over the National Football League. We get to that next here on Three and Out Southern Pick. Good to have you here, Three and Out on this Tuesday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you are with us. Another quarterback on the move. Ben Troop, it's Russell Wilson traded to the Broncos from Seattle. Seattle's going to rake in all kind of picks. Uh, they get Drew Locke. They get Noah Fant. I believe a D lineman from the, uh, the the Broncos as well. And now you have a concentration of power and quarterbacks there in that uh, that AFC West. All the more reason why if you're a Falcons fan, you should be looking at the quarterbacks in your own division going, looks like it could be winnable. <laughs> so, but, uh, but that being said, uh, man, talk about, uh, we just talking about lifers. Russell Wilson, one of those, been in Seattle, now headed to Denver and the Mile High City. How does that shake things up? Shakes it up a lot. Mate, I want to make sure and give out a uh, shout out to the, to the homie Ken. I mean, he made sure he let me know we were talking about lifers. I'm always, I look for any reason to just shine a light on the 04 draft class. I was saying being Rossberger, which was true, Eli Man, and I said Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers spent one year, uh, with the Colts and actually, uh, helped him make it to the playoffs that year. So, can't you know you're right? And uh, congratulations, man, on your new little man. I know you are uh, a father times two these days. But uh, no, no, Kevin, it does send shockwaves because the thing about it is Russell Wilson, right? All right, Kevin, something me and you you warned me over with the Russell Wilson argument. How good is Russell Wilson? Is he good? Yes. Is he elite? I don't know because the whole thing about it is they went to back to back Super Bowls. Well. The first year they went, it was about the Legion of Boom, and it was about Beast Mode. The second year, and they beat the Broncos led with, with Peyton Manning in MetLife State. That game was over yeah, that very game was, quickly. Yeah, that game was over. The second year, uh, if they just hand the ball off to a one Marshawn Lynch, Beast Mode, they win two in a row. But the thing about it is they threw it, and obviously Malcolm, you know, Malcolm Brown, he, he gets the pick, and uh, obviously the rest is history. Tom Brady wins another Super Bowl. I know, I know Seattle fans are kind of disappointed right now. But if you are thinking about Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll is saying, look, maybe I've done all I can do with Russell Wilson. Maybe I need – and while I can get – Kevin, it's something you said about when it comes to Braves players. If you it, While they have draft equity, you got to use it right now. Well, yeah. I mean, Seattle gets two firsts, two second, a fourth. They get Noah Fant. They get Shelby Harris. And, you know, they get Drew Locke. Now, I don't know if – now, the Drew Locke, they just, they, just, they just threw him in there because you got to have somebody. But I will say it, – it, it, 
It's because of who it is, not necessarily because of what was going on. Yeah, Russell Wilson is a big name. Russell Wilson, one of the most recognizable players uh, in the National Football League. I mean, he's one of the more likable players. I mean, he's, he's an incredible player. But we're going to realize how good he is now. I mean, you get Jerry Judy, you get Corlin Sutton. I mean, you know, you 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 get a you know uh, Mr. OK Albert OK out of uh, out of Mizzou. So you I mean you get you get a, a really really good defense. But once again, like you said, Kevin, you also get Patrick Mahomes. You also get Justin Herbert. You also get Derek Carr. So it's not like you ain't – I mean, you went from – now, I'm not saying that the NFC West – the NFC West is a hard division too because, I mean, uh, uh, somebody in your division, <laughs> the L.A. Rams, just won the Super Bowl. So it's not like you're going from a division that was easy. But you're going from a division that had Aaron Donald. So you get rid of Aaron Donald. Now you get Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. So it's not as if it's going to get any easier. But I will say um, for what uh, – Russell Russell wasn't meant to that Seattle franchise. Hey, he was incredible. He he did for Seattle what Cam Newton, you know, did for Carolina. I mean, this guy brought him out the dark ages into a uh, a perennial uh, playoff contender year in and year out. But Kevin, we got to say it. Since the Legion of Boom has left, since there, since uh, Marshawn Lynch has left, I mean, yes, you've had some good seasons as far as like DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett. Russell Wilson ain't won no regular season MVP. Russell Wilson has been back to a Super Bowl since. So we got to call a spade a spade. I'm not saying it's not a – listen, is it an upgrade from Drew Locke? Yes. Is he a big-time player for Denver? Yes. But to the Cody Queens of the world, shout out to the homie Cody. Y'all not going to win the division just because you got Russ. Last time I checked, Patrick Mahomes signed a 30-year deal. He's going to be in Kansas City forever. He's going to be a lifer unless something crazy happens. But but I think – but it but it did it is, it is it does show that – you know, Russell Wilson, I mean, even though he, he says all the right things, he, and now we got to go from listening to Go Hawks to Go Broncos, <laughs> he wanted out of Seattle. And I think what happens is to, uh, the Tom Brady effect. Tom Brady went to a new place. Right. Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl because he galvanized that team. Aaron Rodgers is kind of on that trajectory. I'm not leaving Green Bay, but, you know, I, I'm getting my money up. I think I think Russell Wilson wants to go to a new place. I think he wants to prove it to the league, prove it to himself, prove it to the, to the Seahawks. I can win without you guys. Now, we're going to see if that happens because you know, Kevin, the Boo Birds are waiting. If he does, because he, he's, I don't, I mean, you, you had Tyler like you had DK Mecca, now you get Judy, you know, now you get Corlin Sutton, like I said, and you get an Albert Okay, We'll see what happens. But, yeah, I, I would love to say I was shocked, but when I seen um, – Shout out, to, shout out to the homie Ryan Clark. When I saw Pete Carroll at the uh, combine, quote, discussing Russell Wilson, I said, yeah, they about to get rid of Russell Wilson, man. Plus, they get that money off the book. Because Russell Wilson, I think he, what, two years into a big-time contract as well. But, hey, man, John Elway, you lucky again. I mean, you go from Brock Osweiler to freaking uh, Peyton Manning, now you get Russell Wilson. We'll see if you can get you a Super Bowl win and run out of this thing. Yeah, and again, I, I, I've i always been the one on the show that has not had – Russell uh, Wilson up as high as some other guys in my quarterback rankings for whatever that's worth. I just I, I thought he's a good quarterback. I never thought I didn't want to put him in the same category as the the Aaron Rodgers or certainly not the Tom Brady's and guys. I think he's a good quarterback, Ben. But as you said, is Russell Wilson going to get you through that division? Is he going to go toe to toe with Mahomes a couple of times? Is he going to go toe to toe with with Carr? Maybe he can. But uh, as you said, the the Super Bowl year he was good. Had a very, very good defense, maybe a legendary defense uh, to go along with that. Got back the next year, and I don't think it was his fault necessarily as much as the play calling on the one-yard line when you have the the best running back in the league. But can he do it again with another team? I think this will be the ultimate test for the Russell uh, Wilson legacy. Ben, if, if he goes with Denver and gets him back in the playoffs, and I don't even know if you have to take Denver to a Super Bowl, but if you can get Denver to an AFC championship game, 
Uh, out of that division, I, I, I think he's done a pretty good job. Because right now, Denver hadn't done a whole lot recently. Yeah. So, I mean, I think if you come in and you get them to an AFC championship game, I mean, if you get them to a Super Bowl, I think that uh, continues uh, to, to write the legacy. But I think for, for Russell Wilson, this is big. Uh, can you do it with a, with a different team that certainly isn't going to have as many weapons as you had in Seattle at times when, uh, when you were really good? And I do buy the argument, hey, everybody that's won anything has weapons. I get that. I get that. You know, you can't, nobody has said, give me, the, give me the, the, the 10 worst guys in the league on offense at their position, and we'll go out there, and I'll, I'm going to take them to the Super Bowl. I, I don't know how many guys could actually do that. I think maybe Tom Brady might be able to, <laughs> but I don't know how many people could do that, Ben, where you just say, look, I want no weapons. Because mm-hmm. what happens when you have no weapons? Hello, my name's Matt Ryan. Right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. like you sit there and go, you're a good quarterback, but like, there's nobody to get the ball to that could be a difference maker. It's, it's, I, th- I will say this. When you, th- when you think about a guy like Russell, R- Russell Wilson, I mean, he is a playmaker. He does make things happen. And I now, to his credit, he didn't have the best weapons when he first got to Seattle, right? But they gave him a defense, they gave him a run game, and he had to go out there and just improvise. Because I don't know how – I don't know – I would have to go back and check the stats, but when Russell Wilson first came into the league, Kevin, if he didn't have Will, because he was he used to run for his life a lot. So a lot of things he did. I used to say he used to go out there with dirt in his hand, throw the dirt on the ground, say, all right, you here, you go here. Cause that offensive line wasn't giving him a lot of help. He goes, he goes to Denver with some weapons, but Kevin, you know just like I know. When you come with a lot of fanfare, right? People going crazy. Twitter is melting down right now, especially you're a Seattle Seahawks fan. Jerry Judy, he's so confused. He go from crying emoji to, oh, we lit because you got uh, Russell. They better win. So that's the thing, right? You, it, it's like you kind of going to an upgrade. You're going to an organization, you're going to an organization that's, giving, that's already got built-in weapons. And Corlin Sutton, I think, has already signed an extension. And Jerry Judy, I think, is going into year three. Oh, Albert O.K. is going into year two. So you got a bunch of young guys. No one's going to care how many years they got under their belt. Russell last name Wilson, Mr. Danger, Mr. Dangerous Wilson on Twitter to be exact. You better go out there and get it done, because Kevin, once again, we talking about him playing well. That division is rough. Denver hasn't been to the playoffs in a while. Kansas City, they, they, they you know, they, they just chopped him into being the AFC Championship game. The Raiders made it to the uh, to the to the playoffs with with uh, Rich Basaccia. Uh, which has never been done when you, when you get rid of a coach and you get an interim coach. So that that entire division has gotten a lot better, you know, over the year. I mean, over the years. I mean, Justin Herbert and you know, so it's it, it's going to be something to see. But I, I'm going to see just how good, or as you say, Kevin, we want to put people in the elite category based off the fact that the rest of the league is just for average. Now, is Russell Wilson average? No, is he good? No, yes, is he elite? Huh? I don't know. We gonna see now because it's gonna take him. It's gonna take some elite status to not just make it to the playoffs to come out of that division. Because Kansas City is coming off a super. I mean, coming off a uh, AFC championship loss, so they coming for everybody in twenty twenty two. Yeah, again, I, Peyton Manning for for what you say, he did it with two teams. I know for many of the same things you could say about Russell. His last Super Bowl came when he had a very very good defense and his arm couldn't throw it more than you know fifteen twenty yards down the field. I understand that. Uh, but Russell Wilson going to get his opportunity to do that here with uh, his new squad. That trade going down today, Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos. We got so much more to get to. Uh, guys are handing out salary cap. I want to. We're going to talk with Ryan Green of Ten Ten XL. I want Ben to explain a little something about what happened today in Jacksonville, and why maybe that may be a tip to what Jacksonville is going to do there at number one. We'll get to that next. Here it's three and out. The Southern Pigskin. Well, teams are able to franchise tag players uh, now in the National Football League and the. 
Jacksonville Jaguars did that today in a move that might tip what they're looking to do in the draft. Ben, you were uh, telling me before the show, yep, oh, the Jags did this and maybe gave us a little clearer pictures of what they were looking to do in the draft. Explain kind of what you were talking about there with that, with the Jags franchise and Cam Robinson. Well, I mean, we, we are uh, Evan Neal and, uh, the left tackle position was a position of concern for the Jags going into this offseason. So you were saying to yourself, are they going to address it in the draft or are they going to address it in free agency? Cam Robinson, giving him the franchise tag means you're going to give him the average of the top five salaries at his position. That's a lot of money for one year. And the thing about the franchise tag, it gives you exclusive rights to that player. I mean, they cannot negotiate with another team and they have to sign it within like uh, the 10th week of the season. But it makes it so that Cam Robinson is going to be a Jacksonville Jaguar. You say to yourself, Kevin, I, you know, if I'm going to give a guy, uh, you know, a $20 million contract for a year, I'm not going to go out and potentially get a rookie at the number one overall pick and watch him wait. So while Evan Neal— Wouldn't was, even move him to right tackle. Well, Jawan— that, 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 I'm that, just throwing—, I'm throwing well, yeah, yeah, well, I, well, I will say this. That would mean that Jawan Taylor, who I think is going into year three under his rookie deal, where, where, where does he go? Juwan Taylor is a natural right tackle. Cam Robinson is a natural left tackle. Evan Neal is a natural left tackle coming out of Miami and projecting number one overall pick. It makes it makes things more crystal clear. If you are the Jacksonville Jaguars, every single pick you make has to be a contributor in 2022, whether it's a rookie uh, in the draft, whether it's a free agent. So if you go out there and get Evan Neal, does that mean you uh, you does that mean you take Cam Robinson, put him on the right side, take Evan Neal, put him on the left slide, slide Jawan Taylor into an unnatural position to guard? I would say no. Aiden Hutchinson, who was projecting number one overall pick, defensive end out of Michigan, is probably gonna go gonna go number one overall now because now. What you're doing is you're saying, look, we need key players at every position of need. Left tackle position need. Cam Robinson been with the team last year. Obviously, it's gonna uh, you're gonna get a guy like you know uh, you know Coach Peterson to kind of help him go out there and uh, kind of play in a better scheme. Aiden Hutchinson was projected number one overall pick. Well, Cleveland Chase on uh, going into his third year has has underwhelmed coming out of LSU. You know what you got in Josh Allen at the right defensive end, and I think too, Kevin. Sometimes just being familiar, like. Being familiar with a team says a lot. If you talk about Jacksonville, you want to you want to develop the guys that's been there the longest. Cam Robinson, they give him a franchise deal because they said, "Dude, you kind of underwhelmed in twenty twenty one. We know you could play better, but before we put you know multiple years, we'll just give you one year, which means you can't negotiate. We're going to give you a lot of money for one year, and maybe it's a proven contract. A lot of players do not like franchise tags because while it gives you one solid year, it's not security. Security is what Aaron Rodgers just got multiple year deal. Security is what Mike Williams just got uh, for the Chargers. Three-year deal. Franchise tag means you're going to get one year fully guaranteed. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. And while, you know, to guys that won't – because you think about it too. If you are Cam Robinson, just say you're going to get – I mean, I think the average – I think the high, the highest contract is obviously quarterbacks. I think number two is defensive end. Then I think it's a left tackle. It might go – it might go – it might go either – Left tackle two, defensive end three, or or defensive end uh, two, left tackle three. But either way, he's going to be up in the 20s, probably like $20 million this year. But what they're also saying is, man, we got other needs, man. We don't want to give one guy a bunch of money and he don't pan out. Give him one year, and if he he outperforms, hey, we let you go test free agency. But I do think, Kevin, because they said that because they franchise tagged him, oh, yeah, they're not going to get another. Because the thing is, you know, you don't want to do the Atlanta Falcon uh, remedy. You don't want to just keep loading up on the offensive line. Just loading up on the offensive line, and then they don't pan out. And then you got a bunch of draft picks, which you could have used some of that draft. Me and BJ was at the freaking draft 2019 when they get two offensive linemen in the first in the first uh, uh, round, and you need a you need a defensive end. 
So I think Aiden Hutchinson is probably going to go first round. Maybe K- maybe Kayvon, maybe, uh, you know, Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau out of uh, Oregon. But I do think they're going to go more defensive end now. I don't see them getting another tackle. So unfortunately for Evan Neal, he's going to still be a high, probably a top five pick. I just don't think he's going to be the number one overall So pick. if you go Hutchinson, are you underwhelmed by that pick? I mean, I know you have other options potentially yeah. at a defensive end, but your thoughts, if, that, if you feel like, hey, you franchise your left tackle, you've already got a – suitable right tackle, you're going defensive end, could the Jags be setting us up for going somewhere else in the draft? Or do you feel like that's going to be the move? And if it's Hutchinson, are you underwhelmed by that pick? I am underwhelmed by the Hutchinson pick for something. Me and you talk about, Kevin, I mean, I don't I don't get this notion of if every time I ask you about a guy, oh, man, you look at his table against Ohio State, well, didn't he play against Ohio State before 2021? Played for, he played against him in 2020? 2019, maybe even 2018, depending on when he got to college. Then they had they had Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, when he went up against you know uh, you know the Georgias of the world, right? It didn't really go his way. Well, you know what? Well, you know who the Georgias of the world played. Then they went back to the Army All America game, going up against guys who's at left tackle these big time schools. It didn't look well. The thing about it is this: I don't know where the Ohio State left tackle is going. I don't know where the Iowa left tackle is going. I know where Evan Neal is going. I, I know where Warren McClendon is going to end up going whenever he does come out. And when he played against them, it got ugly. Well, as much as I love Evan Neal, as much as I love Warren McClendon, they aren't the best tackles in the pl- on the planet. <clears throat> they reside in the NFL. So Aiden Hutchinson, to me, Kevin, he has two things going for him. He got the hype train, which everybody, oh, man, he's the clear fire. Well, and he has the brand. Michigan, big brand, hasn't really seen a, a big-time defensive and come out of there in a long time. I mean, what is he, 6'5", 6'6", 265? But at the end of the day, if you can one man, I mean, with Warren McClendon, those guys, they had their way with him. I'm underwhelmed by the pick. I would go with more, uh, I would go with more Kayvon Thibodeau. I remember him coming out three years ago, and he hasn't underwhelmed since he's been at Oregon. Very, very athletic. A guy that understands the game very, very well. I just think that the one thing the Jags do sometimes, they, 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 get, they get, you know, they just fall in love with these certain defensive players. And then when they don't pan out, people start looking and say, well, you know, he doesn't have great mobility, things that nature. I could be wrong, but I, I think Aiden Hutchinson with the hype train, with the brand equity, with the size, speed, agility, and kind of peaking towards the end of the year, and Michigan finally getting over the hump, Kevin, making the college football playoff and beating Ohio State, hey, man, that does help him. But unfortunately, that's not going to help him week in and week out going up against these uh, all-pro tackles. Yeah, and again, I, we'll, we'll see if that's the direction that they decide to go. But uh, as you said, by franchising – a left tackle, it seems unlikely that they will then thusly pick a left tackle there at, at number one. So maybe we're getting a little insight into what Doug Peterson and company want to do uh, there with their number one pick in the draft. We'll talk about that certainly more as we go throughout the show. Busy hour number two coming up. We'll chat with Ryan Green of 1010XL in Jacksonville. We'll get his thoughts on that franchise tag going down and what does that change for Jacksonville uh, in the draft. Also, Rich Stiles, host of the Back Nine Boys, will join us next hour as we look at the Players' Championship uh, upcoming there in Ponte Vedra and more. We'll take three right around the corner as well. Love to hear from you on this Tuesday at Pigskin Radio. You can find us there on Twitter. We're streaming live ESPNCoastal.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Take three coming up right around the corner. This is Three and Out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network streaming live again at here Three and Out on this Tuesday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you're making us a part of your day. So much to get to here on the show. We'll chat with Rich Stiles of the Back Nine Boys Golf Show this hour. The Players' Championship coming up in Ponte Vedra this week. Purse of $20 million uh, out there for these guys. It's the kind of so-called fifth major. We'll also hear from Ryan Green, 1010XL. Uh, Jags 
have put the franchise tag on Cam Robinson. Does that give us an idea of maybe where the Jags are headed with their first pick in the NFL draft? We'll get to him coming up in about 30 minutes or so here on the show. But first, let's take three here on 3 and Out. All right, Ben, with all that's happened around the National Football League, Aaron Donald getting huge money. You've seen a trade involving Russell Wilson. Obviously, there's teams needing quarterbacks. You are looking for cap space, even though you got a little reprieve uh, there with the Calvin Ridley uh, situation. If you are the Falcons, are you more considering a trade for Matt Ryan at this point? Absolutely not. I think sometimes, uh, you know, we can't see the forest through the trees. When you think about a situation like uh, – you know, Matty Ice, Kevin, I mean, let's face it, his best years are behind him. He has one, maybe two years left. Once again, what can you get for him? Would a team be willing? Yes, but that's a lot of money that they got to pick up. They don't want to do that. So I think if you are Atlanta, while, look, I, I do think, you know, you just have these talks. It, do, it doesn't mean much of anything. If you, are, if you are Arthur Smith, this is the best chance for you to kind of show what you can do in a very, very weak division, having the – Far and away, the best quarterback in the division. Now, you're going to have to get creative in that front office with Terry Fontenot to be able to go out there and create some cap space with some of these guys. Maybe you have to restructure Deion Jones. Maybe you got to restructure, you know, Jared. Maybe you have to restructure Matthews and so on and so forth to be able to get some cap space because you're going to have to get a receiver. Not just in free agency, but also in the draft. You're going to have to address that defense. But, no. You do not even consider trading for Matt Ryan because I think sometimes, Kevin, we be thinking, oh, listen, we love Matt Ryan in the state of Georgia as well as if you're an Atlanta Falcons fan. That is not 31 other teams. That is not a bunch of teams that need quarterbacks. Teams want to be able to get a quarterback that you can build with in the future. Well, they ain't talking about the twilight. No, Matty Ice, he's what, 35, 36? He doesn't have seven he doesn't know. He doesn't have five more years in him. Not good ones. He got maybe one or two, and two might be stretching it. So, no, I, I, I understand why that kind of stuff would come up, Kevin, because he is he is the best quarterback in the division right now. That's even if Jameis Winston come back. That's even if Cam, Cam Newton come back. And if Kyle Trask is a new uh, signal caller down there uh, in Tampa. So, no, I don't think you do uh, anything, any trade. I don't want to hear any trades right now for no Matt Ryan. I mean – if I got what the Seahawks just got for Russell Wilson, I might be, I might be interested. I mean, hey, if somebody, if somebody was willing, now, now hold on, now, now to every rule there is an exception. Now, I mean, they if, if you call somebody, like Kevin, that. they say we will give you two first, uh huh, two second, uh huh, a fourth, uh huh, and three and, players, and three players, yeah, Matt, 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 Matt. Hold on for a second, <laughs> we, we'll call you back because 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 the 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 business of football is football. I mean, I know the players are the product. But the business happens upstairs, behind the scenes. Guys that wear suits, right? So, yeah, Kevin, I mean, off the blank, love Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan gave him a record season MVP, gave him a, uh, you know, gave him a, uh, took him to a Super Bowl. But if I can get two first, two second, a third or four, whatever, and plips, Matty Ice, yeah, your key do not work. Sorry. I'm not telling you you can keep your house in Flower Branch, but you're gonna have to get you a residence elsewhere. I think it's similar like that, Kevin. I think you have to make that move. I don't know. I, I would I would listen. I still think, given what the division looks like, you have to feel like if you keep Matt Ryan, even with what you presently have on the roster, which is not acceptable, uh, with what you could do in the draft and free agency, I have to think you keep him and say we could still make a run at getting into postseason and and. You know, once you get there, I mean, you look at the NFC right now. You I mean you just jettison Russell Wilson out of your side of the uh, the conference, Ben? I mean, who's a quarterback in a team that you're scared of right now? I mean, 
Maybe Aaron Rodgers? I mean, I know you're a big Dak Prescott guy, but I mean, does the Cowboys scare anybody? No. I mean, I, I, that's what I'm saying. So, who else scares you? I mean, maybe Matt Stafford and the Rams. I know they just won. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, well, yeah, the, yeah the, the, the Rams, obviously. Uh, you know, I mean, you. It, unfortunately, if Kyler Murray can 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 put two halves of football together, maybe, maybe, uh, you know, Arizona. And then, um, you know, uh, obviously Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. But it ain't a lot of players right now. And it ain't a lot of teams in the NFC that's going to scare you because – I mean, the entire – oh, my God. The I'm entire, just saying, but if you have a good draft, yeah, could the Falcons be one of the top three or four teams in the NFC next year? If you have a good Yes, yes. I mean, I, I'm not saying because, chalk because, it up, because, and, 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 and mind you, they've added two more teams because now, now, you know, uh, you got – you got you know, you have uh, you have two more teams in each division um, that get a chance to make the playoffs. And, and let's face it, if Kyle Trash is, is the quarterback for Tampa Bay – if James Winston is the quarterback for New Orleans, and just good God, pick somebody for Carolina. I mean, right now, well, even I mean, if they draft one, I mean, you're yeah, talking about a I, I, quarterback. I do, I do think because Kevin, we be thinking that listen, no longer. I mean, you got an extra game too, right? So nine to seven, you know, that can get you in the playoffs, right? You don't got to go. You don't got to be the, 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 the days of double digit wins to get you. That's over with. No, you don't have to get the double. It might no. It might be a race to ten. Or nine to win that division and get in the playoffs. I think the Falcons, you know, they don't just because a lot of these games last year was very competitive. Yeah. I think they got a shot to definitely make the play. Yes. All right, moving along to take two. Major League Baseball has put out another deadline of this evening uh, to get another deal done. If they do, uh, the owners are saying we can still play the 162. Uh, we can still get all the games in. We can start spring training on Friday uh, and, and and move forward. Also, while they announce the deal. Uh, with Apple TV to do a national doubleheader mm-hmm. on the streaming service every single Friday night, and yet the the league is hurting for money. And uh, you know now, now, but do you believe a deal gets done today? No, I, I I don't think a deal gets done today, Kevin. Only because once again, Kevin, if a deal does get done today, we're gonna be saying and breaking news. No, I'm, just <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't be surprised, but I would say because we're gonna go back and say, well, what was all this for? Like. Cause I'm like, dude, stop playing with our emotions. And now I know, listen, I know the fans. We are the, we are as, as far as like priorities. If it's a priority list that has a hundred items, we probably we probably in the nineties as far as like the priority list. But I do like that when Apple putting stuff out saying, you know, we our streaming service having double headers on Friday. It's like people are still trying to say, look, man, we are anticipating that they're gonna get this done. We are anticipating that, you know, they're not gonna let this thing linger. Like at a certain point. Somebody's gonna have to give. I think the players are saying, "Look, man, we already know that we're not gonna get what we want, but you got to at least give us something." The owners know that they don't want to lose money, but they know what we'll do right now. You flirting with losing money, and the leverage that you thought you had, you don't have it anymore. But Kevin, I saw what somebody said when they put the thing about the Apple stream. Somebody said, "Are we talking about reruns?" Because right now, ain't no yeah. games gonna be on. You know, so I do, I do like. You know, I mean, shoot. I mean, shoot. Apple, they, they, Apple kind of working with the Sun Belt. They're like, we're going to put the schedule out. We don't yeah. know, I mean, no matter. I don't care if some of these teams used to be in Conference USA. We're putting it out. We're going to do it. But I do hope, Kevin, I I like, I, I will take the positive news over the negative news. Any day saying, look, man, the deadline keeps getting pushed back because we're trying to get all the games in. Because I don't know if they're still trying to make money, you know, trying to get back for what happened a couple of years ago. I don't, I don't know. But 
I do like the positive news of Kevin. If you, if you want to sift through the negativity, oh, just go on Twitter, type in MLB, and that stuff is going to flood your timeline. But I do hope that they are making more progress behind the scenes. I do like it when we don't have to hear about every single meeting, every second. Oh, they only met for 20 minutes, 30 well, minutes. Well, they did only meet for 20 minutes today. but that's- Okay. <laughs> and and but, there it is. But, no, the, I, I think there's progress. Go- of course, everybody says that. It seems like there's progress. There's been movement on the CBT uh, the owners have come up on that uh, a little bit, and I think maybe the players are going to have to give in a little bit on the pre-arbitration bonus pool that they've been fighting for. So uh, maybe that's the give and take we might see. I think we're getting closer because, again, everybody's getting mad in this situation, right? Fans are mad. Players are mad at the owners. Owners are mad at the players. Everybody claiming, hey, we all love the game. We just want games, right? And I think you're starting to feel that public pressure of, like, listen, this cannot continue. Right with the uh, you, you just came out of the weekend. Like if I'm Major League Baseball, I mean the players don't have a lot of control over this. But if I'm Major League Baseball, you're supposed to be playing pr- spring training games right now. You're supposed to have some storylines about free agency, right? About potential trades in spring training. What are we What are we talking about for the entire first hour of the show today, Ben? Well, you tell you what, Aaron Rodgers got huge money. Russell Wilson. Yes, right? you are in none of the headlines. You are losing out. And, you, and, 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 that's kind of, and that's kind of what you said when you was like, look, mom, right now when it comes to media, it's, it's I, mean, I need that. Boom. I need that. I need that media that can, that can last, you know, that gives me a good 48, 72 hour cycle. Right. And when that's dying down, boom, I'm going to hit you with something else. Right. Think about the NFL today. I give you, I give you Aaron Rodgers for, oh my God, they go Russell Wilson. Right. And who else still got to get deals? Lamar Jackson. Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield. So those things are in the way. Oh, we got pro days coming up. Oh, we got the draft coming up, right? Who's not being talked about? MLB. And I think, like you say, Kevin, you want to stay in the front of people's minds all the time. All the time because they're going to fill these time slots, people. I know you're thinking, what are we going to do? Let me tell you something. You know, you know, you know, you know what tradition don't like? Innovation. It does not like it. And, and innovation is coming all the time, all the time. So, yes, Kevin, hopefully ML. And I will say this. If, you, if you're if a part of those 30 owners, look, man, y'all thinking that y'all going to win regardless. Man, this is this, – forget this not being the same ML, but this ain't even the same world as when y'all bought these teams. If this is not the same world y'all operate. Y'all still got the big houses. Y'all still got exclusivity as far as, like, things y'all got access to with the yachts yeah, and all that. Yeah. But you better get your – you better get them – you better get them guys back out there because – this is going to rejuvenize the fan base and say, all right, dude, because at least now. Yeah, as soon as you go back and you start the league, there's going to be deals. Oh, there's oh, going to be trades. There's going to be things happening. Right, right, I just, right, I just right. hope that one deal, <clears throat> I hope I hope, I hope that Atlanta isn't dealing with what Seattle fans are dealing with right now. I hope that Freddie <laughs> Freeman will be the Atlanta Braves <laughs> yeah, yeah. once they get this thing. He'll be uh, hopefully not signing with somebody else. Uh, finally, quickly here, Ben, take three. Uh, do you believe now that Aaron Rodgers has his money? Show me the money. $50 million deal, $153 million over the, uh, the four years guaranteed out of the 200 Do you believe, now that that contract has been put together, Aaron Rodgers says he hadn't signed it yet, but let's assume that he has. Is Aaron Rodgers winning another Super Bowl? He better. He better. Because, Kevin, let's face it now. But you always talking about you know return on investment, right? Aaron Rodgers signed for a lot of money with Green Bay. Like, I think I think this might be his fourth deal, Right. But this this thing about Aaron Rodgers, the reason why you want to get something for him, he's a lot to deal with. Like, Aaron Rodgers is a lot to deal with. I mean, this is the first time a player signed a contract 
They came out and said, wait a minute. I know it's been reported. What the hell? Like, like, what are you talking about, Aaron Rodgers? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, you're going to sign it. What do you mean? Like, don't believe the report. Yeah, no, he's Aaron, right. He said, I'm coming back, but I haven't signed anything. Like, well, then. Like, like you haven't you, signed the contract yet, but you agreed to it, didn't you? <laughs> it's just it's just crazy. But, yes, Kevin, because that's what we want to put. Like, when you when we talk about the Aaron Rodgers story, we don't want to just talk about him being one of the greatest throwers of the football. Some consider him the greatest thrower of the football. You don't want it. Because right now, Kevin, no matter how you feel about it, he's Brett Favre. I mean. He's won one Super Bowl, right? He's only been to one Super Bowl. He, I, I think he was a Super Bowl MVP. So just like, just like, even though Brett Favre played in two, he better win it, Kevin. Because if not, we're gonna be like, hey, man, Aaron Rodgers won the Super Bowl. But dude, what is it about the offseason, Aaron Rodgers growing his hair out, he, he getting married, not getting married, hosting Jeopardy? I mean, he he do a lot of stuff. Thank God he's an incredible football player. But yes, Kevin, I think I think Aaron Rodgers got 150, 153 million reasons why he need to get in that Super Bowl. Because right now. Eli Manning has two. That's all I'm going to say. Not saying Eli's better than him. <laughs> Eli Manning has two Super Bowls, and he did it against the GOAT. I don't think he's going to get another one. I don't. I think he's going to get a lot of money. Don't think Green Bay is going to win another one with uh, with Aaron Rodgers there. We've got more to come. We'll chat with Rich Stiles, host of the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. When we come back, also still to come this hour, we are talking about the Jags with Ryan Green of 1010XL. He'll join us in about 20 minutes as well. It's three and out. On the Southern Pigskin. Ready here, three and out on this Tuesday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you're making us a part of your day. You got the Players' Championship going on this week, the so-called fifth major there in Ponte Vedra. A lot of money on the line. Big tune-up before the Masters coming up next month. Joining us here, host of the Back Nine Boys Golf Show, Rich Stiles, joins us here on the show. Rich, welcome. How are you? Doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you coming on. Obviously, this is one that brings uh, all the stars out. I don't think we'll have uh obviously not having phil not having tiger but uh who are the stars to watch for uh this week there in uh, in, in ponte vedra as we get ready because for that kind of big tune-up before the masters well you've probably got to give uh scotty scheffler a little bit of a uh, an edge i mean he played unbelievably at the tough bay hill course uh it's the first time in many years that a uh, minus score one that was not in double digits and some of the guys complained about the conditions but hey it's been like that before they know the course but also you got to give justin thomas is going to be a favorite and one of the reasons is he did not play bay hill he was at the duke carolina game last week resting and watching coach k's last game while the other guys were going through a lot of the rough times, wind and other things at, at Bay Hill. Uh, and then Webb Simpson comes back uh, from an injury. And uh, so he's going to be, he's already won the players, and I think he's going to be ready to play. And uh, I think he favors that course. And Rich, I mean, uh, you know, what that, what's what's the best strategy? I'm all you always uh, good with the strategies of. Is it is it uh, you know a strategy for guys that can hit long drives? Or is it guys that's you know really really good? You know, a putter's course. What's the, what's the best strategy to, to try to get the win this weekend? Tee to green. I mean, keep it in the fairway and then get it on the green, and you're going to make some putts. You're going to miss some putts, but you'll probably make more than you'll miss if you can get them close enough. And uh, you know, the Players Championship is one of those. Uh, courses down at TPC Sawgrass that, you know, it plays like any other course through uh, 16. And then you get into your second shot on 16, and all of a sudden you see the 17 green. You see the tree that covers the the left side of the green on uh, on 16 on the par 5. Then you go to that tough par 3. Depending on the wind, it looks like there's going to be some rain this weekend. So 
you know, that might make conditions a little bit more difficult. And then the drive on 18 is just, you know, you, you got to keep it out of the rough and you got to keep it out of the water. So the strategy is do the best you can through 15 and then try and score 16 through 18. Rich Stiles joining us here on Three and Out. And, Rich, we've seen some great moments uh, there at uh, the Players' Championship. Christian was just showing us the uh, the, the big Tiger Woods putt uh, where it just kind of rolled slowly off the uh, the ledge of the green there and down towards the hole. Uh, what are some of the moments that stand out for you uh, there at the Players' Championship? And we've seen kind of some of those magical moments. Well, I think uh, one that stands out for me is, uh, I know quite a while ago, Freddie Couples hit it in the water off the tee. And then he hit his next shot in the hole for a par. Um, and that was pretty spectacular. I think Ricky Fowler, um, a few years ago when he won the players, uh, ended up going into a playoff. And, I mean, he hit uh, of the three times they had to play 17. He hit three unbelievable shots into 17 green. And it was just spectacular. And it's just one of those holes that, you know, it's not very long, uh, but it's very intimidating by water, uh, and it's just one of those holes that, you know, you've got to make the good swing when, depending upon how the wind is blowing, and if it's going to be blowing, the wind is blowing, and it's going to be raining, it's going to play a lot harder than it has in the past. And, Rich, I mean, when I think about the players, obviously, you you know, uh, you know, you think about, like you said, Tiger Woods in 2001 with his incredible play. You think about Jack Nicholas coming on the green, showing somebody how to hit it. Just talk about some of the moments in the Players' Championship. I mean, it's obviously golf. You know, these guys are the best in the world. But when I think about this tournament, I think about the moments, not necessarily who won or lost, but some great moments uh, throughout these years. Well, one of the great moments was Adam Scott, who hit his tee shot into the green or into the water on 18. Uh, ended up dropping, uh, ended up getting up close, and ended up going in for a two-putt and eventually won the tournament. Uh, that was pretty spectacular. I mean, you know, as I as I said, Sawgrass is one of those courses where, um, you know, the greens are pretty tricky, um, but you really don't understand if you've ever played the course that it really becomes a spectacular course 16 through 18. Um, I mean, there's some tough holes, and, you know, you've got to be right on, you know, in the fairways, kind of get some close. Your wedge play has got to be good. Your iron play has got to be great. Um, It's just, I mean, there's been so many winners that have come out of the players. And the neat thing about the players, as they call it the fifth major, it is just a spectacular clubhouse. There's so many stories, um, and they always ask the winner of the players to, donate or give a club that they felt was instrumental in their win that they had at the players. I remember going down there and they got a whole row of them and Davis Love had one of his clubs down there when he won it. And if I'm not mistaken, I think it was a three wood, Um, but it's just a spectacular place to be with so many stories and so many memories. Yeah. I would not be donating my putter if that was uh, ever the case for me to win rich, but uh, I, (laughs) I, I know I know you've had the uh, the pleasure of playing uh, the course playing seventeen. Correct me if I got the story wrong for you though, but uh, you played the Island Green seventeen, and you, I, if I'm not mistaken, did you either birdie it or par it? And if you, if so, would would that just be the you know the club drop moment where you're like I'm never playing this hole again because it's never getting better than that? Well, I did par it. Uh, I also bogeyed it. Um, so I mean, I think I've played it three times, and I think I've parred it twice, and bogeyed it once. I was on the green. 
Um, however, I three-putted for a bogey. Uh, but, you know, it's just one of those. And we were behind a group. This guy on the, on, on the tee, on, he hit six balls in the water. Then he moved over to the drop zone, and he hit three more balls in the water. Then he hit it on the green, and he three-putted, and it was getting dark. I mean, we, we had to really get ready to turn on the lights. Get our cars and put the headlights on, but it is a spectacular hole, and it's one of those holes that you come out of there and you say, "You played sawgrass? What'd you do on 17?" That's what everybody wants to know. They could care less what you got or what you scored or any other score in any other hole, but it's one of those where you go, "What'd you get on 17?" I mean, Rich. I mean, obviously, you you know you know you played a lot of golf. You can't remember every single you know score you had, but like you said, sawgrass is obviously very very different. But do you remember the first time? You went to Sawgrass, you're like, look, man, that go, that go, that go to 17th. I mean, obviously there, there's no pressure. I'm, well, I'm saying there's no pressure <laughs> there's when no, pressure. There, there's no pressure when it's just you and, and guys, you, your tea, you know, you tea, you know, oh, you guys getting your tea time. But are you saying to yourself, dude, there it is? And you know, do you feel, do you feel some pressure to say, look, man, it, well, people are watching, or do you just go out there and try to enjoy yourself? Uh, probably a little of all three. Um, you know, it's one of those things where you get to 17 and you start thinking. Oh my gosh! There's water all around this thing. I mean, you got to take more club. Um, you know, whatever the pros are going to hit from 140, 150, 160 yards are certainly not the clubs that I'm going to hit. But the first time that I played it, I was with a group from the Rex Hospital Open. We, I was on the board there, and uh, we came to 17. And you know, everybody stops to kind of watch and see what you do. And I, you know, I got to say it was awfully nerve-wracking, but luckily it got on the green, and luckily I didn't put it into the water, but that's when I got a bogey. But it's just one of those courses that, you know, it's spectacular to be able to play it, but you always are asked, what did you get on 17? And by the way, I do want to say something. Scotty Scheffler last week won $2.1 million at the Bay Hill Arnold Palmer Invitational. Arnold Palmer, in his entire PGA Tour career, won $2.1 million. The money's good, Rich, in the, in the PGA Tour, uh, you know, despite being called, uh, you know, greedy by, by Phil Mickelson. Before we let you go, Rich, I did want to ask you about that because the, 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 the tour commissioner kind of did a press conference there at the Players' Championship and was asked about Phil and kind of wouldn't say if there was some kind of, like, shadow suspension on Phil right now, just saying – Phil wanted to step away. Do you think Phil is suspended? Um, I'm not sure he's going to be officially suspended. I do think, though, that his time away, that he needs some time to be with his loved ones, um, I think is uh, going to probably act as a kind of suspension. I know Monaghan said today when he did his press conference that he has not talked to Phil since the incidents, since he spoke out. Uh, he would gladly accept and would welcome a phone call from Phil. Whether or not that comes, we don't know. Um, but, you know, Monaghan is uh, kind of sticking to it. And suspension, I doubt it because I think Phil will, you know, put one on himself and just stay away for a while and just kind of be quiet. He's already said enough that's got him in trouble. <laughs> Wait a while. Rich Stiles, host of the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. You can catch him Saturday and Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. Rich, we appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Okay, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Rich Stiles, our guest here on 3 and Out, on the Players' Championship going on this week, so-called fifth major there in Ponte Vedra. We'll come back. Ryan Green, 1010XL 
in Jacksonville joins us here on 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin. Good to have you back here on 3 and Out on this Tuesday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you're making us a part of your day. Jaguars throw the franchise tag out on Cam Robinson today. How does that impact them in the draft? We ask that to our next guest, Ryan Green, 1010XL there in Jacksonville joins us. Ryan, welcome to the show. How are you? Good afternoon, guys. Good to be with you again. Hey, appreciate you coming on. I know a lot of people thought uh, Jags lock tackle number one pick, and then the Jags today franchise their left tackle. Does that give you an indication of maybe where the Jags might be going here in the draft? Oh, I think clearly it's an indication. This is really two years in a row, guys, that I think there's a little bit of a surprise element with Cam Robinson getting the franchise tag. I mean, look, you look at Devontae Adams and Chris Godwin and all these guys getting franchised and you see cam robinson well the casual nfl fan might look at that and say that's interesting although cam robinson played pretty well last year played pretty well the year prior to earn the franchise tag a year ago did it again last year second year in a row he's going to be franchised is he a great left tackle no but i think he's above average and he's boy he's going to be paid like an above average left tackle, about $16 million plus on the franchise tag. And I think clearly now you got to look on the defensive side of the ball for what Jacksonville likely will do in the draft next month. And, Ryan, I mean, as you mentioned, I mean, Cam Robinson back-to-back up franchise tags for a team that has a lot of holes to fill. Aiden Hutchinson has been the consensus number one overall pick, even though Evan Neal kind of got in the mix. Do you think that's where the Jags go with the number one overall pick, especially when they got so many holes to fill? Going to have to add some weapons um, to, the, to a very, very young offense. But I think they're going to go defensive end, uh, first overall pick. Ben, I know they like Aiden Hutchinson. And I think when you combine the Cam Robinson news today with the fact they have a need opposite Josh Allen on that defense, they need two pass rushers. The offensive lines can just roll to Josh Allen at this point, and, and when they neutralize him, Jacksonville doesn't have a lot else that can get to the quarterback. DeWan Smoot is a good player, but not a great pass rusher. Caleb on chase on has, quite frankly, been a big disappointment two years into the league. So you've got to affect the opposing quarterback. Certainly Aiden Hutchinson would do that. There also is a thought, you know, Cam Robinson, it is only a one-year deal on the franchise tag. What if you were still to draft an Icky from NC State or a Neal from Alabama, maybe play a Neal at guard? Baltimore did that with Jonathan Ogden uh, his rookie year. People seem to forget that. Swung him out to tackle the second year, turned into a Hall of Famer. Would Jacksonville, wanting to protect Trevor Lawrence, have a Cam Robinson-Evan Neal combo on the left side? You let Cam walk in 2023 and you slide Evan Neal out to left tackle in 2023. So I think that could potentially be an idea as well, at least give that some thought. But clearly, Aiden Hutchinson, to me, looks like the direction they are going to go if they keep the number one pick. Ryan Green, 1010XL, joining us. Where are you personally with uh, with Aiden Hutchinson? I know Ben and I have had our back and forth about it, where, uh, and we've had folks on to talk about it, where they say, look at the game tape against... Ohio State and what he was able to do in the Big Ten, and we we always come back with well, what happened to the Georgia game tape? Did that just uh, disappear? Like, wh- where are you on 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 Hutchinson and all he could potentially bring to the table? I think there are some really good things, guys, about Hutchinson. My one red flag with him is look at his college numbers. 
he had three and a half sacks going into last year. He got 14 sacks his senior year. Where he didn't hardly play the COVID year of 2020. And then as a freshman or a sophomore, he did very little. Uh, so he had one unbelievably good college football season. Uh, the guy's got a high motor. I know he's getting the J.J. Watt comparisons, the Bosa comparisons. I like the comparison NFL Network made. I think it was Jared Allen was the player comp uh, during the combine. So there's certainly some things there as well to look at. I am okay with Hutchinson at number one. I also think, though, what about Chandler Jones in free agency? What about Derek Barnett in free agency? There are other guys that can affect the quarterback that you could potentially sign as well. Uh, So if they draft Hutchinson, I'm fine with it. I was all on board with an offensive tackle. Obviously, the Jaguars threw a wrench into that by franchising Cam Robinson today. I mean, Ryan, when you think about the defensive ends that, that that's come through uh, Jacksonville that didn't really pan out, Unique and Dockway was a guy I think they should have kept longer. Derek Harvey out of Florida. I mean, when you look at when you look at, I mean, guys. I mean, uh, they got Clavon Chase on. You they hit they they got it right with Josh Allen. But the thing about Hutchinson is, as you mentioned, three sacks. To 14 sacks. I, and I do I do like guys that get better over time. I was a player that got better over time. But it's got to matter what you do against guys like Alabama. It's got to matter what you do against guys, you know, uh, at Georgia. Because this is the first year Michigan beat Ohio State. What about the previous years? I, what scares me is while he has the measurables, while he has the hype, he's going to be going up against the best tackles on the planet. Can he hold up week in and week out? I think that's fair, Ben, absolutely. And, of course, I'm sure you guys saw there was one play against Georgia in particular where Hutchinson basically got powerbombed by Jamar Solaire, the offensive tackle from Georgia. I mean, it was a a WWE, AEW type deal. So that's all the Jaguar fans were talking about today. And I've seen the, the video on social media among Jaguar fans. Jaguar fans aren't particularly happy with the Cam Robinson news today, Jaguar fans, guys, want something different. There have been a lot of bad here. Not that it's Cam Robinson's fault, but they want to bring in free agents that have won games. They want the team to spend money outside the organization. And when you franchise Cam, if they bring back DJ Chark, it's going to be a lot of the same old, same old. I think the Jaguars need to make some splashes in free agency, need to spice things up in the draft, Hutchinson would be a part of that. But before we get there, you got to get other guys on that defense as well. They need help in the secondary, help at linebacker, help on the interior defensive line. If they do that, I'd be fine with Hutchinson at number one. Ryan, you look at Jags. uh, Jacksonville's got a bunch of money to spend uh, on free agency and, and things of that nature. Uh, it's it's one thing to say, hey, go out and get these type of guys to, to come in and help the team. How attractive do you think Jacksonville is right now to free agents uh, outside of being able to give some some pretty big deals? But uh, do do guys around the league want to play with Trevor Lawrence? Do guys around the league want to come play on this Jaguars defense uh, for, for, for this franchise right now? Well, look, I mean, guys, you know this. It was a clown show here last year. It was a complete and total embarrassment. Urban Meyer one of the worst hires in the history of the National Football League. And you try to to just forget 2021 even happened. You look on the future. Trevor Lawrence, all indications are he's still going to be a very good quarterback. Not a lot of coaches walking around with Super Bowl rings. Doug Peterson, 
has one. Brand new head coach here in Jacksonville. So I think that alone makes Jacksonville appealing. I mentioned Derek Barnett from Philadelphia. Doug Peterson drafted Derek Barnett. Could there be something there? Zach Ertz, veteran tight end, thrived in Doug Peterson's offense in Philadelphia. Could there be something there? Potentially a reunion. Allen Robinson. Uh, Doug Peterson needs his Alshon Jeffrey, if you will, here in Jacksonville. Allen Robinson looks very similar to me to Alshon Jeffrey. So I think it is attractive, certainly more attractive, Jacksonville, that is, than it has been in years past. And, and Ben will tell you this, and everybody knows this, at the end of the day, man, money talks. And if the Jaguars, who have roughly $40 million now under the cap of the franchising cam, if they're willing to spend the dollars to bring these guys in, they will come and improve this football team. I mean, I think, I mean, uh, Ryan, when I think about Travis Etienne, him going out, I mean, I think you would have had a nice duo with him and James Robinson. You mentioned Derek Barnett. You mentioned, you know, guys like Zach Ertz that got this, that had their best uh, years uh, and won Super Bowls with Doug Peterson. If they can get some guys that understand Doug Peterson, because that's one thing that's not talked about enough. You want to get veterans that know the head coach. that Because it's hard to resonate with some younger players. And listen, man, just buy in to what he's saying. And obviously you address a lot of needs in the draft. I know you got to deal with number 22 up there in Nashville. But this this division is wide open because while you got to deal with Derrick Henry in Nashville or with the Titans, I don't think nobody's scared of the Colts. How fast, if they get this right with free agency in the draft, could this young team be competing in 2022? Oh, I, I don't think there's any question, Ben, that the division's not very good. I mean, Houston is as big a clown show right now as Jacksonville. Indianapolis has been pretty open about the fact they're not sold on Carson Wentz. And Tennessee is, I don't know what they're doing and not franchising Harold Landry. Who knows what direction they're going in. Derrick Henry's not getting any younger uh, in Nashville either. So the South is wide open. Jacksonville, with the right moves, can compete very, very quickly. But again, I think you need to bring in some veterans at this point. There's a lot of young guys here. You mentioned ETN. No one talks about that. The Jaguars have a first-round talent that has never seen the field. It's like bringing in another free agent, having a healthy Travis Etienne in 2022. But enough of the, of the youthfulness. Go get me a Zach Ertz. Go get me a Derek Barnett. Go get me a, a Ryan Jensen, the center from Tampa, or an Allen Robinson from Chicago. Bring these guys in that are veterans that have won in this league, some of which have familiarity with Doug Peterson. Surround the young guys that are already here with those veterans. And let's go win some games this season. Ryan Green, 1010XL, joining us here on 3 and Out. Ryan, we really appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Hey, guys, anytime. Take care. Appreciate it. Ryan Green joining us, 1010XL, on 3 and Out. And he said, look, maybe it's, maybe it's Aiden Hutchinson at number one. I actually wouldn't be opposed to them sticking with Evan Neal if you could slide him in at guard and have three really good players on that offensive line already. Uh, to try to protect your quarterback. And, again, if your quarterback can stand upright, you stand a chance, Ben. I mean, that's that's the story oldest time, right? I mean, most hit quarter, the, the quarterbacks in the league who get hit the most typically don't make the playoffs. Quarterbacks who get hit the most, sacked the most, typically aren't very good. Quarterbacks who can't stand up typically don't have very productive offenses. I mean, that's... That's football, right? I mean, that's not that's not reinventing the wheel. That's just the way it's been 
in football since the, the game was invented practically. Games are won and lost in the trenches. I don't care. I don't care nothing about how sexy it is on the outside. I don't care how, you know, like you say, Kevin, that's football one-on-one. If we can keep the guy behind the five guys, uh, you know, uh, protected from the four guys trying to get to him, you got a better shot. That's any, any quarterback that's had any success. Tom Brady, the one thing you cannot say, whether the two years he was in New England, or the, I mean, two years he was in uh, Tampa, or the 19 years he was in New England, he did not, he was not getting off the ground that much. Peyton Manning, when he had his best years, wasn't getting off the ground that much. Ben Rosenberg, when he went to Super Bowl, not getting off the ground that much. Guys that get off the ground every play, what happens there is Sam Donald said it. You start seeing things that aren't there. The clock starts going off in your head quicker. But the thing is, I want to know what I really have at quarterback. I can't really say what I have if he's constantly running for his life. So you get him. If they do get an Evan Neal, which I don't think they're going to get, and you slide Jawan Taylor in the guard and you move Cam Robinson to the right side to put Evan Neal on the left side, okay, who's he going to throw the ball to? I think what they're going to do is get Aiden Hutchinson, Give it, either resign DJ Chark or go out there and get you some receivers, guys like Roddy Anderson, who was a speedster coming out of Carolina. Because, Kevin, you know what you like, I know. Look, every sport has a learning curve. Austin Riley had to learn how to hit the slider because that's all they're going to throw to him till you learn how to hit it, right? If you, talk about it, if you talk about a quarterback, I want the game to slow down. You know why it slows down? I'm not worried about the four guys in front of me because I trust my five guys. But if I, if I don't, well, then I got to improvise. People talk about the Russell Wilson trade going to going to Denver. Well, the first part of his career, he had to improvise. And when he sat in the pocket, he was a better player. So, yeah, I do think that uh, if they can get some, if they can get those big uglies in front of him to protect him, Kevin, you know just like I know. Trevor Lawrence, if you give him time, he's going to pick you apart. I mean, that, and obviously for one year in the league, he realized, well, dude, I can't even see the guys I'm throwing to. Why? Because I'm looking up. I'm not looking out. I'm looking up at the sky because I'm getting hit. They, they get some, they get him some protection. I think he got a shot to be really, really good in the AFC South that I'm sorry. Trevor Lawrence, take nothing away from Carson Wentz and Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> because of experience, he might be the be- arguably the best quarterback in the division because those other two guys don't nobody really, the jury's still out on both of them. And again, balls in the Jaguars' court, no pun intended, when it comes to that uh, first overall pick. We've got more to come here on this Tuesday. It's three and out. Love to hear from you on Twitter at Pigskin Radio. We're streaming live at ESPN Coast. Back here on three and out, Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. Glad you are with us. A lot to get to coming up in the final hour. We have a busy day in the National Football League. Uh, that has been out there. Obviously, uh, Major League Baseball will get you up to date with the very latest. Ben, the uh, the deadline put out there by MLB again. Uh, this is what the third deadline uh, that they've had in these uh, negotiations. Uh, saying, hey, if we can get a deal done today, we can have all 162 games out there. Obviously, that is a negotiating carrot, a negotiating ploy. Obviously, to dangle in front of the players. Say, hey, we'll get you paid for all 162. If you can get this deal accepted, we can start spring training on Friday. Uh, if we can get this deal done. Now, they have come up on the uh, the CBT. Uh, a lot of people thinking it's starting to come into the more of the the fair range uh, for the CBT. The players may have to come down a little bit on the pre-arbitration bonus, which would affect the uh, good, really young players in terms of the pool money that they might be able to get uh, for the bonus. But we might actually be getting closer to some semblance of uh, of agreement here in the next day or so, uh, depending on, on, on how they go about things. I- Kevin, I will take what I've learned when it comes to negotiations is to take the very small things that don't look like much and kind of go off that because it's a lot. Like like for going to a CBA, people think, oh, it's just one thing. No, 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 no. There, this docket is is long, but I I, I I am encouraged by the fact, Kevin, they keep pushing the deadline back and they're gonna keep pushing it back and hopefully before that midnight hour strikes. We'll say breaking news, and hopefully it'll happen when I'm asleep and you can wake me up with it. Yeah, I mean, that, that, hey, that, that's the wonderful thing. And, again, I think that is the, the the counterbalance of what you don't want in the news tomorrow 
is if you don't have a deal today is that you know Rob Manfred has to come up there and uh, you know juggle a few more uh, candles and uh, make some more balloon animals and say well we've canceled another week of games uh two more series you you, you don't want that uh, to be the headline saying uh, they were working for it maybe there was some progress but now we've canceled another week of uh, of games and have that be constantly in the news cycle every single week of well we just canceled uh, another set of games we've got more to come three and out final hour next good to have you here on this tuesday kevin thomas been true glad you're making us a part of your day plenty to get to here on the program it's been a busy day in the national football league certainly the falcons minus calvin ridley uh at this point uh going to be without him for at least a season we'll uh, talk more uh about that and major league baseball been down to uh yet another deadline uh, at least put out there by the owners in terms of trying to get a, uh, a deal done, apparently, according to people who are are, are talking about the, the situation following, some progress potentially uh, has been made. Owners apparently have come up on the CBT, the, uh, the competitive balance tax, to allow for more room for, uh, for teams to spend. And again, that's kind of been my bone of contention uh, with some of the players of, yet the, the teams at the top will spend more money, but you haven't addressed the teams at the bottom who won't spend money. Not that they can't, they won't uh, in, in some cases. And I think that is something in, the, in, the, in the, the CBA agreement I wish the players would have spent a little more time on. But all the other stuff that's happened in the interim, been, to me, has kind of been stuff that is not necessary. Uh, banning of the shift, uh, pitch clocks, bigger bases, uh, things of that nature that, you know, everybody's saying, we want to speed up the game. Not one baseball fan that I know is like, speed up the game. And again, professional sports are becoming the only thing we enjoy in society where people want us to pay more to get less, right? And most of our society was like, hey, I want to get good value. I'm willing to pay more if you give me more, right? I'm willing to pay more for my vehicle because why? Well, because now I get the leather seats and I get some of the extra things. I don't want to pay more and you give me a smaller car Mm -hmm. and you give me a car with less cool stuff on it. I I don't want to do that. So I I, I look at some of the things with what baseball is trying to do, being the shift. And Rob Manfred has this unhealthy fascination with speeding up the games. And people who aren't real baseball fans, if the first thing out of their mouth is baseball needs to speed up a game, I'll tell you, not a real baseball fan. But you want to, quote, speed up the game and have more offense. Well, what does more offense do to the game? Makes the game longer, right? I mean, that, that's just the, the, the way it is. So uh, if you want to have nine to eight games, it's going to take a little longer to do that because you're, you're, you're making uh, you know, more things happen out there. So I think some of the things that have been agreed to, not, to me, real big deals. Uh, the big deal that I saw today, Ben, was, hey, the owner's willing to move a little bit more on the uh, competitive balance tax, probably in exchange for the players moving a little bit the other direction on the pre-arbitration bonus pool, which, uh, you know, would seem like a trade-off of sorts. I think in that situation, the owners still win because, again, you're still not supporting the bottom. You're just mm-hmm. increasing the top, and you're giving less money, uh, ultimately, to the younger players uh, like a Ronald Acuna or Juan Soto who maybe come in the league, hit it like a storm, and maybe deserve to get a little bonus, a little paid uh, for what they did uh, coming up. So we'll see how this plays out. I think both sides, though, feeling the pinch of needing to get something done because court of public opinion, I don't think either side has it in their favor. And quite frankly, as we talked about it, you're trying to get a deal done, and all we hear is they're close to no deal to Maybe we're going to cancel some more games. Meanwhile, a league that's not even in season has two major headlines today.
Aaron Rodgers gets $200 million for four years, and Russell Wilson is now on another team. Come on. That's dominating. So it's like, and I know people say, well, once baseball comes back, you can do it. Well, it's not back. I understand that once it comes back, there's going to be a flurry of moves and deals and guys signing. and You can't have that if you have no no deal. So uh, to me, everybody's hurting in this situation uh, the longer this thing plays out, and we've said that from the beginning, but maybe a, a sliver, if you are to believe what people say, uh, that maybe the owners moved a little bit in the players' direction on some things. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things to where, Kevin, I mean, if you've ever had to paint a house and you watch a paint dry, it don't look like nothing's happening, but, it, <laughs> but, something, but, something, but something is happening. But, Kevin, just listening to you go over everything shows you how complicated it is. Like, it's, this thing is very – because when you talk about a deal, everybody everybody looks at priorities different. If I'm a lower-tier guy, I'm hoping that I'm being a representative in the room. If I'm if I'm Juan Soto, if I'm Ronald Cooney Jr., I mean, I'm thinking about I'm ho- I hope I'm being represented in the room. If I'm thinking about the CBT, Kevin, as you just mentioned, I'm trying to make sure those bottom-tier teams have to spend the money if I'm on those bottom-tier teams. And we and then what comes out? Bigger bases, right? Uh, t- uh, how much time is being played in the game? Um, you know, the universal DH, all these things, you know, things like that. It's it's very complicated, but I would hope that these owners understand it. Look, man, these players are a lot smarter. These players understand what's going on. These players, I mean, Mike Trout understands that I represent more than just the Angels. I represent every player in the national, I mean, in sure. the MLB. So I, I think that Kevin, too, I think the owners are coming to the realization that, look, man, I mean, we thought that we would have a CBA by now. We thought the guys would have, get, get, you know, uh, like kind of like giving in by now. And the guys are going, no, man. Like, because listen, players have to think this way. Past, present, future. I'm doing it for the present. I got to think about the past players. I got to think about the players that's coming. Owners are saying, we are the past. We are the present and we are the future. Us 30 is who it's gonna be, unless you know, unless we like, you know, uh give the team to like, you know, because I don't see nobody selling no team. No, team yeah, worth no. so much freaking money now. But I just think too, Kevin, I like when someone says, look, man, they're just pushing it back. Because the owners can just come out and say, all right, no, we're not doing it. No, pushing it back. Because somebody is next to those owners saying, look, just from public perception, man, keep going to the table. Right? Because what do you push? If you if you just shut it down, shut it down for what? Look, like, I realize you guys are billionaires, right? And Jerry Jones says that one time during Hard Night, he said, I could be anywhere in the world, fellas. I'm here. So it doesn't matter what you own. This is the most exciting thing you own. You own one of these 30 franchises, I don't care if it's the Indians, I don't care if it's the Orioles, I don't care, you know, if it's the Blue Jays. This is what you own. This is the most exciting thing. Act like you guys are supposed to be the ones that these great negotiators. Well, you, you're kind of getting outdone right now by these players because you didn't, you didn't think the players knew what they was doing. But I do, I, that little glimmer of hope, Kevin, I can't, I can't at now, least, uh, you know, cling to that. I don't know if they're going to get one done today, but I, maybe they're, they're moving in the right direction. I do think it also hurts. Uh, the owners a little bit when you're going through these negotiations and then, oh, by the way, the, the head of Apple comes out and is like, hey, by the way, we've signed a, a deal with MLB. to We're going to do national doubleheader every Friday night on Apple streaming. I mean, oh, yeah, we're not doing it for free, by the way. So, so I was hoping the players go, wait, 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 wait. So we now have another media deal that you've just signed and they're announcing. We know it's not for zero dollars. It's not, as BJ said, they're not in the business of altruism. Like nope. MLB didn't say, yeah, you could do that. We, we don't, don't, you don't even need to pay us. You don't even give us money. Just go ahead and put those games on Apple. That's not how that works. So you just are in a labor negotiation where the players are saying, look, man, you are making more money than you are saying you are. And oh, by the way, you a just announced lot, a whole lot, more and you money. just announced a whole new partnership with a whole new platform to bring more games to the national forefront. Come on! I, I, so I, I, I hope that 
kind of spurs the deal on. And, and again, MLB can't have a new deal with Apple if there's no games being played. Exactly. So, like, I mean, like, so, so, I, so negotiations are still going on. Like the CBA is with the players and the owners. Right. There's still negotiations being going on behind the scenes. Because think about Apple for a second. Why Apple? Well, Apple will say, well, dude, if we can get on with MLB, that's gonna get that's gonna be a better shot for us to get our you know, get our products in these organizations, right? These right. front offices, get these players to get listen, potentially get a Ronald Cooney Jr. to end up getting an endorsement because he keeps hearing it. Apple, yeah. Apple, Apple, Apple. Man, listen, let me tell y'all something. Billionaires understand how to make money, man. These organizations understand how to make money. So if you if you are, you know, you know, uh, Mike Trout or Warren Soto, you saying, dude, they negotiating without a, yeah, dude, like the business of baseball don't stop just because the owners and the players can't come together. Dude, we're doing this in anticipation. That way when when we say league year starts, oh, that stuff has already been signed. We're oh, not yeah. going to, hey, Apple, we're going to call y'all. No, 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 no. <laughs> we're trying to make, and why does that work out for Apple? Why they got double headers? You got games going on East Coast, West Coast, middle of the country. You listen, listen. I want to see, I want to see Mike Trout. We programming it all week. Hey man, you got the Braves, you know, versus the Yankees, uh, versus the doubleheader. Then you got, you know, uh, you know, you got, uh, you know, uh, the Padres and the Angels in the doubleheader. What? So you get, yeah. So you get Judge. You get Freddie Freeman. I hope Freddie Freeman's still there. <laughs> hey, you know, you, you know, you know, you get, you know, you get Tatis. You, get, I'm telling you, Kevin. All I'm saying is. I do like Apple doing it because you know Apple said, hey, MLB, we're going to put this out now. Like y'all told us, y'all going to get a handle. We're going to get a handle put it out because people saying double headers, what double headers? Well, right now it's going to be reruns if we don't <laughs> if we don't get no games going. But, I, Kevin, like I said, I do hope they get something done, man. I don't – I say my optimism has gotten me in trouble a lot of my lifetime, and that's what I'm using now. I hope that cooler heads prevail because at the end of the day, man – you're not going to get everything you want, but I think you can come to some type of common denominator to be able to get back out there. Yeah, absolutely. Again, we'll see if they happen to get a deal done. I know some uh, some folks that cover this uh, are saying, hey, maybe some some optimism that they're moving at least a little bit uh, for the players' direction, and maybe that's enough to get the thing done because players, obviously you have the workout uh, situation going on in Arizona where players are just showing up and working out. I think they said there's like representatives from 10 different teams down there working out, getting work in while there's no – uh, official spring training, so I know there's guys that want to go out there and play, and I, I think if you're MLB, the product, as you said, the product is what's leading you to to all this money. I mean, do you want if you're the owners, do you want a deal that favors you? Of course you do, but you also have to sit back and say, without games, we're we're going to be hurt. And again, in this climate where there's so many options for people's mm-hmm. time, uh, as I've said, Ben, I, I don't think there's a league outside of maybe the NFL that could suffer not playing. Like, I think if the NBA went on a strike or had a lockout situation, they would take a hit, right? Because, hey, NBA's been profitable. You have great players. You have stars making huge deals. Uh, owners obviously making lots of money uh, off the NBA. NBA's trying to go global, do this and that. It's like you're not doing some of these things uh, if you're not highly profitable, highly successful. I think the NBA would take a hit. The NHL did take a hit when they missed the whole season. So I, I think if you're the, the Major League Baseball folks, you have to be sitting and say, you can't allow this to go on for much longer. Uh, and miss a significant portion uh, of the season without cutting off your nose to swipe your face in terms of hurting your product in the short term and take it years to come back. Now, professional sports, as we had, uh, I forget who it was, Ben, came on a couple weeks ago and said, look, fans are pretty forgiving. They just want the product, right? So they may be mad, but your diehards are going to come back because they want to consume the product. They're, they're going to come back. But how long does it take you to get you the kind of casual guys back? And casual 
women back who, who enjoy your sport. That's where you hope you don't cause a lot of damage. And if you're MLB, you're out here announcing TV deals, but you can't get a deal done with the people who are helping you get those deals. That's that that's that, that's going to be another bad look there for the Major League Baseball owners. We got more to come here on three and out. A lot to get to. Busy day in the National Football League. Of course, Calvin Ridley uh, not going to play with the Atlanta Falcons. How does that change their plans? We had a chance to talk with the home team Brandon Leak earlier in the show and get his thoughts on what the Falcons do from here. We'll hear from him next. Here, three and out on the Southern Pigskin. Hi, this is Adam Wainwright, pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals, and you're listening to 3 and Out with Ben, BJ, and Kevin. Good to have you here, Ben Troop. I'm Kevin Thomas. Big day in the National Football League as Aaron Rodgers stays with Green Bay. Russell Wilson on the move to Denver. Ben, which one of those news to you, the bigger news of the day around the National Football League? Got to be Russell Wilson. I mean, uh, I know that going back to the combine, uh, 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 Coach Carroll was there. Pete Carroll was sitting there talking with, uh, you know, different people about, uh, you know, he was discussing Russell Wilson and, you know, the blockbuster trade happened today. I mean, he goes to uh, he goes to Denver. Uh, Seattle gets a first, uh, two first rounds, two second rounds. Uh, I want to say a third round. Noah Fant, uh, Drew Locke, Shelby Harris. And I think I think I think what makes it so huge, uh, Kevin, is the fact that Russell Wilson was one of those guys to where you know you you never saw never thought that you would see him in another uniform because he seems to be uh, you know the consummate professional. He's Mr. Go Hawks after ever uh, after every interview, seemingly saying all the right things, doing all the right things. But we never know what's going on behind the scenes. You're a guy like uh, Russell Wilson. As long as he's been in the NFL, a lot of Pro Bowls, no first team All Pro, no MVP. Uh, and I think what happened was in that situation, even in the Super Bowl, even though he went to back-to-back Super Bowls, he was not the Super Bowl MVP. I just think that we, because we, with the whole Aaron Rodgers thing, I mean Jordan Love, yeah, he got drafted. People like he's not gonna be, he's not gonna, they're not gonna go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love, at least not right now. Aaron Rodgers said that he did. It was reports that came out that said that he wanted to be the highest paid player in the NFL. He says it wasn't true. And today he signs a four-year, two hundred million dollar deal with one hundred fifty-three million dollars guarantee. He's the highest-paid player in the National Football League. They say that Aaron Rodgers didn't want to be traded last offseason. They did. They, they he. It was true that he did want to be traded because he had, you know, he didn't like how things was going on because he wanted some help. They went and got a Randall Cobb before the season. Devontae Adams. I think the day they uh, they did uh, franchise tag him to to give them more time to try to get him to become the highest-paid receiver in the National Football League. But I still go back to Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson has been, you know. Just electric uh, for the Seattle Seahawks uh, franchise. I mean, since he's got there, Kevin. I mean, he's been he's I mean, he's been an outstanding player. But the thing about Russell Wilson, which is something you always say, which I'm coming around on, is he elite? Because the thing is, people will go, okay, when he won, when he went to back to back Super Bowls, what did he have? He had Peace Mode, Marshawn Lynch. He had Legion of Boom. He had Earl Thomas. He had Cam Chancellor. He had you know, I mean, so he had Richard Sherman and so on and so forth. He goes back to back Super Bowls, beat Peyton Manning, should have been able, should have, should have beat out a goat Tom Brady. And since that Super Bowl, the band is broken up. <laughs> they gave him, they gave him DK Metcalf, they gave him Tyler Lockett, right? They gave him some help. DJ Dallas, you know, from 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 right from right here in our neck of the woods. But 
No, no, no more uh, NFC Championship appearances. No more. I mean, kind of had a was in the MVP race at one point, but that was what two or three years ago. Signed signed a huge deal a couple of years back because of his production. But so Kevin, I, something we talked about in hour one. Yes, the biggest shock of the day was Russell Wilson, but Russell Wilson better win. Russell Wilson is getting Jerry Judy, Corlin Sutton. I mean, he's getting uh, you know uh, Albert O.K. He's getting Bradley Chubb and those guys on defense, but he is in the AFC West. And that, ladies and gentlemen, with, who's in the AFC West, you ask? Oh, that would be Patrick Mahomes. You ever heard of him? That would be Justin Herbert. You ever heard of him? That would be Derek, that would be Derek Carr. You ever heard of him with you know Las Vegas? So, I mean, the competition has got stiffer because he's coming from the uh, NFC West, and that was just as rough with uh, LA with LA Rams, you know, coming, you know, winning that division last year. But hey, man, the, the news of the day is Russell last name Wilson, uh, you know, getting traded. John Elway, I don't know how he's done it, but John Elway, Peyton Manning, and they haven't really done anything since Peyton Manning left, so he knows I got to have a good quarterback, yeah. even though when Peyton Manning finally won, it was because of the defense, you know, Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware and those guys. But he says, look, man, I still need a quarterback to get me there. I think Russell Wilson might fit that bit. Well, I think around the league, that's true, which is why we talked about this earlier. When you see the moves being made, if you're the Falcons, do you still entertain thoughts of moving on from Matt Ryan? The answer is no, because he is a viable quarterback that without – I mean, what are you, a three-win team? If that, if that. I mean, and again, that Matt Ryan got you to respectability last year with hardly any weapons. The same guy running the ball was the same guy he was trying to throw the ball to. And, you know, while Kyle Pitts had a tremendous rookie season, you could argue in terms of yardage, there's never been a rookie season yeah. like that from a tight end. However, Ben, the same thing you, you had said about Julio Jones, I guess you could excuse because he's a rookie, but at the end of the day, Kyle Pitts had one touchdown. One. Like, you need your number one pick to find the end zone a little bit more than that. And that was the criticism of Julio Jones. Yeah, you're going to give me a lot of yards. You had, what, what three years ago you had three touchdowns? So, Kyle Pitts has got to figure out a way to get open down by the goal line, uh, be more productive there. But, uh, you know, obviously, if you're the Falcons, you're saying, man, we're ready to move on from Matt Ryan for who? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, 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 that's yeah. the, the conversation you got to yeah. have. It's like, oh, we can draft a quarterback. Uh I mean, look at the guys that were just drafted. Some yeah, of them yeah, had, yeah, ain't no, ain't no rookies getting you to the Super Bowl. Yeah, some that, of them that's had, I mean, and again, Joe Burrow had a tremendous season to get him to the Super Bowl. I think Joe Burrow was a little bit of an anomaly that he went to a team, he got beat up the first year, and the team said, "All right, we are going to put guys around him to make sure he can make it uh, throughout the season." And they saw vast improvement. But you look at the rookies this year. And, you know, Justin Fields saw some playing time, but, you know, the Bears were, weren't, weren't really doing anything. You didn't really see a lot of uh, Lance out in San Francisco mm-hmm. uh, that much, even though they were a, uh, a a good team. So you look at some of the rookie quarterbacks that came in, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence was on a bad team. I mean, it, it, so you really see that guy that's like, hey, we're going to get the rookie quarterback. Yeah, that's going to get us there. Nope, you go draft a quarterback in this year's draft Atlanta, and he has to play. Mm. You're going to be picking in the top mm. five next year. I mean, it's just how it's going to be. Yeah, and the thing is, too, Kevin, I mean, look, I, I get it. We we are, I mean, we are copycat people in life, right? We see something, you know, you go to a restaurant, you think you want to order something, somebody food comes out before yours, you smell it, you see it. Oh, man, what is that, right? What is that? And that's cool. The thing about Matty Eisen, one thing you cannot say about him is he's always been two things, right? Always. He's been consistent and he's been durable. He has been that. And he's been durable on, on offensive lines that have not done the, have not done their sure. part, right? So I will say that Matty Ice is miles and miles away the best quarterback in the NFC South. Tom Brady's gone. Sean Payton's gone. Drew Brees is gone. 
No one cares about what's going on in Carolina right now. Jameis Winston's probably going to be the guy uh, for New Orleans. And I think uh, Kyle Trask, because if somebody says he's going to be Kyle Trask or Blaine Gabbert, I, I, if I'm Bruce Arians, I'm going with Kyle Trask. We've seen the Blaine Gabbert show, and it has not worked. But I, I think I think that when you start thinking about you know consistent quarterback play, before you can be good, you need to be consistent. Like You cannot be good until you are consistent. And that's what you get with the Matty Ice. I, I just think that you know when you see the Russell Wilson is, he's going to a good situation. Offensively, problem is they're in the AFC West. You got to beat Kansas City. You got to beat. I mean, you got to beat the Chargers. And because what? Two or two of the four made the playoffs last year, and the Raiders were the second team. And the Raiders had Rich Basaccia as their interim coach. They got rid of John Gruden. They still made the playoffs with Derek Carr. And Derek Carr is not a bad quarterback. Derek Carr, he, he's he's a, he's a good quarterback. He's not bad. And that's the thing too. I think. I mean, Justin Herbert, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the best in, in the division, make no mistake about it. Justin Herbert is the next up. The kid, they're not losing because of him. It's something going on with the defense. They ain't finding a way to score enough points. They re-signed Mike Williams today to a, a three-year extension. I mean, you're talking about Keenan Allen. You're talking about guys. I mean, you got guys around him that can flat out get it done. But I think for me, Kevin, like you said, I mean, Russell Wilson is obviously the talk of the day. Matty Ice, I mean, Atlanta fans, let me tell you all something. You need to cut it out. I don't cause, because the whole thing about it is Matty Ice coming out of Boston College had to one get out of the shadow of Mike Vick, which is which very hard to do, very hard to do. Then he had to make Atlanta a consistent winner because up until that point, I don't think nobody had gone back to back years of winning that division. Like it, 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 it yeah, it, it uh it different every year. He also gave you a record season MVP. Also took you to a Super Bowl. So Matty Ice has been. Listen, when, as it comes to relationships, Matty Ice is loyal as hell. He is about as loyal <laughs> as it gets. So you need to appreciate that. Give him some weapons. Give him a running back that plays running back, not a receiver that can play running back. Give him a number one receiver because Calvin, really Calvin really put him in a hole. Give him some defensive guys, and let's see what happens because that division is going to be wide open, and I don't think nobody's going to run away with it. I think it's going to be Kevin. Whoever can whoever get the nine, maybe ten wins, and ten might be pushing it. I think you got a shot to win that division. I think Matty Ice is the man for the job. Yeah, good. Gonna be interesting to watch the Falcons now navigate as they've had, uh, you know, obviously Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Before this season, now Calvin Ridley not gonna play this season. They got a lot of things to work out here uh, coming up towards the draft. We got more to come here. It's three and out college basketball tournaments uh, going on as well as major conference tournaments rolling in this week. We'll get to that uh, next. It's three and out Southern picks of your day. A lot to get to uh, this week with conference tournaments uh, going on. Ben, as you see, major conferences uh, kicking in. Uh, the ACC, I think, started today. We'll see them trickling in uh, through the week. SEC gets underway tomorrow. We could be seeing the end of the Tom Crean era uh, officially there <laughs> in, uh, in Georgia. Uh, Georgia plays tomorrow against Vanderbilt. Might that be the last game uh, that goes on there? So we'll have uh, certainly a lot of coverage for you tonight. Uh, you got the, the Colonial Athletic Championship and the West Coast Conference Championship. So We'll have some of that for you uh, coming up here. If you're listening uh, in our Savannah market, we'll have Georgia and Georgia Southern uh, actually playing in Augusta uh, tonight in a little college baseball. So uh, that's coming, okay. coming up at, uh, at 6.15. So Georgia and Georgia Southern playing. Uh, I think they play once in Athens, once in Statesboro, and they're playing one game there in Augusta. So a little bit of a, a round-robin uh, neutral site situation there for the Bulldogs and the Eagles tonight. But the college basketball tournament's Rolling on, we'll certainly see more major conference championships as we get later in the week. I mean, Kevin, isn't it crazy? I mean, you can have one of the worst regular seasons ever known to man going making it to the turn, making it to the conference. 
uh, you know, a championship, win the, which is it's still very hard, win the conference championship and get an automatic bid, uh, you know, into the NCAA tournament. Tom Crean, I know you keep on saying the Tom Crean era. This thing is coming when I, it was, I, <laughs> I, I, look, I'm not bringing, I'm not uh, coming to Tom Crean, um, you know, personally, but we knew Kevin, it was going to be rough, not because he can't coach, but because of where he was coaching. There is a lot to talk about when you talk about Georgia, uh, Georgia uh, basketball. Well, I mean, I mean, Anthony Edwards, Anthony Edwards was the number one overall pick, right? But you didn't make the tournament with him. And you didn't really build off of that momentum either. Uh, from, yeah, from you, you, would think, you would think. But I, I will <laughs> say this. The hardest thing to do at a football school is to have solid basketball. It, it's, it's hard to do, right? Now, you got some teams that have accomplished it, but it's hard to do consistently. And I think Tom Crean realized that, look, man, unless Dwayne Wade Jr. Jr. coming <laughs> through that door, it's going to be hard because – Kentucky's going to have the best team as far as, like, five stars, right? Then you start talking more about – More often than not. More yeah. often than not. LSU will have a five-star, you know, but he won't help them get in the tournament, Ben Simmons. You know, it, it, it'll be something like that. I mean, what Bruce Pearl is doing right now with Auburn is amazing. Tennessee is good enough to get in. They won't – They won't. you know, they won't make it past, you know, too much past the first round. You know, Florida – Florida. I don't know what I don't know what the world Florida be doing. Florida, Florida win the game they should lose, lose the game they should win. I – I just think that, Kevin, to me, it's still the ACC only because, look, it's still good basketball top to bottom. Yes, it ain't, uh, you know, six or seven powerhouses coming out of that conference every year, but they still beat up on each other during the regular season. So, I, I look, I, I I do think the conference uh, – uh, the conference uh, tournament is always really, really good because, I mean, it's one game in advance, and, you know, we'll see who ends up winning. I think Tennessee won a, for Georgia, I mean, Tennessee won a couple of years back uh, in the SEC. But, man, SEC basketball is good. If K- Kentucky's really good this year. We'll see what Bruce Pearl – I mean, Bruce Pearl. We'll, I mean, I don't, I don't forgot his name. No, not Bruce Pearl. I'm, John Calipari. John Calipari. I'm sorry. John Calipari will do uh, this year. But, Kevin, look, I mean, uh, shout, out to, listen, shout out to all the teams going into the conference tournament. Shout out to them Georgia State. Yeah, they, uh, made you know, the, you know, they made the tournament. Exactly. They made the Shout out to Georgia was. State. I mean, I mean, it was it was Georgia State, right? They had the head coach's son hit the yeah, game winner. Yeah, yeah, he had, he, and the dad was in like a like like he had like a cast or something on his leg or something. Yeah, the that was a long, yeah. well, that was back in what like two thousand eight. That's been it's a minute been, ago, people. But find a way to get back in. But congratulations yeah. to them Georgia State congratulations boys. Congratulations to Georgia State because unless uh, <laughs> unless Georgia Southern wins, yes. or, or, Georgia Georgia State, State, or Georgia or Georgia Tech, excuse me, win their conference tournament, they will be the only team from Georgia in. The uh, Division One NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. We've got again basketball coming up for you uh, down the coast in our Brunswick Waycross Market. There's some conference championship games. Georgia and Georgia Southern coming up at six fifteen in our Savannah Market tonight. A little college baseball for you. We'll see you tomorrow, Wednesday edition of Three and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio.